When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kevin Coelho, it's been a hard-fought couple years, but I am so excited to tell you that Disney has finally stopped fucking Pixar. Mm. 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 How's that make you feel? Really good. And now Pixar, mm-hmm. it's your it's your moment to like show up or shut up. You know what I mean? You gotta be, get those big numbers and you can get the fuck out. This is mm-hmm. your chance, Pixar. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up, everybody. Of course, this is kind of funny. It's Pixar in review, where we rank, recap, and review every single Pixar film. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and I'm joined by it's Christmas in June. Joey Noel. Hello. The big dog, Kevin Coelho. What up, dude? And the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Tim, let's do it. To infinity and beyond. Oh, wait. Wait, you got to go over this way. Yeah, we're over here. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Say it again. Ooh, to infinity and beyond. Really fucking hurts, uh, you know, Joey? It's I worth mean, it. It's worth it, everyone. He, he and I are wearing matching shirt and hat. Yeah, together we make one deal. whole human. <laughs> Joe, we got this too. You know, Andy's Andy's not feeling well, so he's he's uh he's not on the show today. Andy, so let, let me tell let me tell everyone the truth here. Let me tell everyone the truth here about where Andy. Got it. Andy ordered some Andy ordered some takeout food. Open the container. Takeout food. Snake right through his mouth into it. We're trying to get it out right now. <laughs> We're going mouth. in. Yeah, right through his mouth. There's a doctor with one of those little the little like barbecue forceps trying to get that snake out of him right now, and it's going to be a struggle, ladies and gentlemen. But he'll be back next forceps? week. Forceps. That was a good pull. Thank you. Oh, that was a good that was a good joke right there too, Joe. Good pull. I love it here at Kind of Funny. Of course, if you love it, you can watch this show on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or RoosterTeeth.com. If you want to get it as a podcast, search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny in review, and we'll be right there for you. If there is a movie franchise that you love or hate, chances are we have talked about it potentially multiple times, including our rewatches like we're doing for Thor right now, leading into Thor Love and Thunder. Our Thor 1 rewatch is live now. Next week and the following weeks, we will be doing Thor The Dark World, Thor Ragnarok, and then Thor Love and Thunder. Could not be more excited for all of that to varying degrees, if I'm being honest. But today, we're talking about Pixar. Uh, You can get the show early, not early, ad-free and live as we record it by going to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like our Patreon producers Molecule, Gordon McGuire, Fargo, Brady, and Pranksy have done. We appreciate all of you so much. Today we're brought to you by Athletic Greens and Shopify, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's just get right into it. We're talking about Lightyear with a runtime of one hour and 40 minutes. It came out on June 17th. 2022 marking the return of pixar movies to theaters uh the last couple have been exclusively on disney plus uh this is pixar's 26th film it was directed by angus mclean 
an American film director, animator, screenwriter, and voice actor currently working at Pixar. He directed the short films Burn E, Toy Story Toons Small Fry, and the television special Toy Story of Terror. He co-directed the film Finding Dory in 2016. And a fun little fact here, he's also a Lego enthusiast and created the Coob Dudes building format and designed a Lego Wally that has been an official Lego set from the Lego group. He'll make his feature film debut with Lightyear that we just That's watched. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Interesting. It is. It is. Creative guy, this Angus McLean. Uh, the music was done by Michael Giacchino. Michael Giacchino, baby. Fuck yeah. yeah. You'll love to see it. This movie had a budget of $200 million and a box office of a whole bunch of question marks. It just came out. The numbers aren't in yet, but I imagine it's going to do pretty damn well. Uh, while we're talking about box office, I just want to give another major shout out to one Tom Cruise for uh, just continuing to break his own records. And Top Gun Maverick is just climbing to that Billy mark. And you'll love to see it. You'll love to see his it. Most, pop, most successful movie he's made ever, right? Fuck that's yeah, it is, man. God, that's cool it's as so hell. Good. <laughs> Anyways, any excuse to talk about Maverick, I'm going to. But today, we're talking about Lightyear. I want to start with Joey. What did, mm. what did you think of Lightyear? Um, I'm pretty torn on it. Uh, I It reminds me a lot of, like, Ad Astra for kids, <laughs> which okay. I think is kind of cool, where it's just, like, space adventure but i think it was missing like a lot of the heart that i'm usually uh expecting from a pixar movie i think chris evans is great i think the voice acting is great i think the story and like the big lesson from it fell a little bit short for me um which i was kind of bummed by i will say i'm also like not really like a huge toy story girl Mm -hmm. um in terms of like my favorite pixar franchises uh so i don't know if that has to do with it but uh, I ended up liking it more than I thought I would based on my Toy Story-ness. But it, it's missing the heart of Toy Story, which I think is kind of key. But I get why it is because it's a weird in-universe story thing. I think in that case it makes sense, but not personally what I'm looking for from a Pixar movie. Nicholas. No, Joe, I, I don't think you're wrong. And I don't think it's because it's an in-movie, uh, in in-world in movie. Um, I think the movie is very, very good. I think it's beautifully made. Uh, I think the cinematography in it is stunning and the actual animation itself uh, and the detail of the animation is really, really, really cool. There was one moment where when Buzz is trying to break the sound barrier, he goes and touches something on his control console and just the distressedness of the ships as as the time keeps going on and all that stuff, I thought was just it was so expertly done. I mean, these guys are masters of their craft uh, or the teams over Pixar, all of them are masters of their craft. Um, but I'm with Joey where this one kind of was was one of the the Pixar movies that kind of feels paint by numbers where you're starting to see a little bit of the formula. Um, and normally, obviously, listen, movies are formulaic and Pixar is great at them. And I'm not I'm not criticizing that at all. But generally what picks what I what I look for in a Pixar movie is that they nail that formula and give me something a little extra. Right. They they they, they take they, they try to imbue or infuse something that I haven't seen before in it. And this one just doesn't have that. It's not to say it's not. I wasn't thoroughly enjoying this movie from start to finish. I, like I said, I loved it. The, the production design alone and the cinematography alone is worth seeing it. Chris Evans does a great job. All the supporting cast does a pretty good job as well. Um, but I just feel like when I got out of it, I was I, I walked away and I was like, that was pretty cool. And I'm probably never going to think about Lightyear again. And that's not what I'm used to when I think about you know some of my favorite Pixar movies. Like. When I think about The Incredibles, for instance, which I know you guys are kind of like put a little bit lower on the list, 
but I love that whole series. And I think they end up, that's a perfect example of, um, you know, movies that are sort of paint by number superhero movies, but give me a little bit something extra and give me something else to hold on to. When I walk away, I'm like, that did have what Joey was talking about, which is a lot more heart than I think. I think this movie was trying for it. I just don't think they quite nailed it. Um, and we'll get into some of those specifics as to why that happened a little bit later. Kev. Uh, so I, I want to start by saying I really enjoyed it. A lot of the comedic beats, if not all of them, really hit hard. I mean, that cat is just <laughs> socks. He's so good. I can't Drop wait to hear Nick's thoughts about the cat. He's so good. Um, and I enjoyed it. It is interesting because this movie definitely feels like uh, Pixar's, I don't know if it's the first attempt, but like it, it seems like they were trying to put together like an action movie with some heart and uh, some thought into it. But, um, I mean, I liked it. I, um, I, I also don't think it hits the highs of previous picture movies. But, like, I think it's still fun and, and really great. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, very in line with you guys. I, I think that this is uh, the most really good Pixar movie we've gotten so far. Where uh, there was nothing that I didn't like didn't like about it there's just some things that i was like okay cool this is it's good it's just not like kind of blowing my mind in any way i think the the opening of it the framing of in 1995 andy watched a movie this is that movie it's like that's perfect i think that that kind of enhances it so much and there was multiple times throughout watching it that that kind of framing uh made me enjoy the movie more where i was i kind of out of it thinking like oh my god imagine being this little boy watching this movie like that's so cool and i, I think that they nailed that kind of meta-ness and made it kind of uh enhance the experience of what the story they were trying to tell is and the the characters and all that stuff um to nick's point about the cinematography like i am just so blown away at how often watching this movie i forgot it was animated like it is it is presented as if it's a live action movie and i think that that is so cool that the animation's gotten so high quality that yeah. obviously they're stylized cartoon characters or whatever but they don't act that way or move that way and it's not it doesn't look that way uh especially when you start seeing the the exterior shots and like the vistas and everything it's like it it is very damn impressive and it, it's cool to look at Lightyear and look at uh, an MCU movie like let's say Thor Love and Thunder at this point what really is the difference between live action and animated with how much animated things are in right superhero movies and how much uh kind of like just realistic as shit looking vistas are in this <laughs> Pixar movie so I think that that's a really fascinating thing and uh, I think that because of that I start to grade it against more action movies and I start to grade it against other similar things. And I think that's kind of where this hits that good level and doesn't ever really get to excellent because it has those moments of the Pixar heart. I cried. I did like the, we all saw it coming and the it's like, Oh, they're doing yeah. that interstellar mm -hmm. thing. And then they just did. And it, 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 it pulled the strings. and It made me feel congratulations, Pixar. You did the damn thing. <laughs> but I, I feel like they did it in a fairly easy way. And that's not to say that they shouldn't have done it. I'm happy they did because it, it did give the rest of the movie like context. But I think that, uh, and I'm going to be such a broken record here, but it's like having just seen Maverick and then Top Gun Maverick and then seeing this, it's hard to not be a little bit like, okay, that was cool. But like, I wish that they kind of upped the ante a bit, but I did appreciate the montage in the beginning of setting the stakes and having have to go around the sun and through the things so like cool they looking. did a good job. Yeah. Very cool looking. Um, I was never bored Almost. in this movie. I was never questioning why things were happening, all that. Like it is 
really, really good. Um, I am not totally in line with Kev about the comedy. I think that that was probably my least favorite thing about this, where there was a lot of things that made me laugh. Um, I thought Sox was fantastic in everything he did. I, I was so in on. But I think some of the supporting characters, um, the jokes were a little a little off sometimes i didn't like the directions of go south and stop at the red light like it just kind of felt a little less pixar and more like the disney type of comedy yeah um overall but i think that the uh the biggest thing for me was there were some things that i was like the jokes or the writing where it's like supposed to start as a joke but then turn into like a more meaningful thing i don't think they totally <laughs> stuck the landing on an example being the <laughs> we'll finish each other's sentences that mm-hmm. joke plays throughout the whole yeah. movie and it's supposed to be this like character growth moment and then there's that turning point where like she is finishing his sentences for like the most obvious things and yeah. i i feel like that was supposed to be a moment and it just it's just, there was a transition between from joke to serious that i don't think they quite nailed but um having said all that like it ending i was like that was a damn good time you know i left being like oh i like this way more than i expected it to despite it being very low on my Pixar rankings overall. But again, that's a testament to Pixar. Nicholas. Tim, you hit a point that I want to talk about before getting to the plot. And one of it was just sort of the style, of the, the genre of the movie and the style of the movie. And I think sitting in there, I think the humor for me didn't hit, especially with the team as well, because I think there is a little bit of a disconnect between the beginning of the movie, the middle of the movie, and sort of like the end. The beginning is kind of a deep sci-fi film mm-hmm. and it's really cool and i was like oh wow this movie is going to be a lot more adult and, and like and like closer to an ad astra or interstellar than than i than i would have ever expected a pixar movie to be and that was really cool but by the time we get to the the quote-unquote moments where we're supposed to have humor i'm like i think that this these two styles are fighting against each other instead of working with each other. And it's then this is no disrespect to Taika Waititi because normally you put Taika Waititi in something and sign me the hell up. But I thought his character and the uh, the the criminal character, I'm like, I don't, I'm not vibing with this team and this the chemistry in this team. I, I don't, I, I understand why they decided to throw the team together, but I almost wish it was just a bunch of kids that Buzz Lightyear had to be like in charge yeah. of. Um, because I feel like his chemistry with Izzy was was what the heart was. And every time, don't get me wrong, the pen joke was funny. And it had obviously a payoff that we all saw coming. But I feel like all they gave Taika Waititi to do in the background was play with a pen. And I'm like, we could have done something <laughs> else with this. Um, I also think that his chemistry with Socks might be the best thing that anyone's ever put on on screen. And so it's yeah. obviously everything's going to pale in comparison to that. Because that all the creativity that went into Socks, the fucking blow dart. All, I mean, it's oh just the Was fact that, that he, instead of using the actual sound effects, um, and I forget the actor's name, but he's one of the directors from some of the other movies. Um, I think Peter oh, Sanders. Right? Um, no, it's, it's Peter Peter, Peter Son. Um, was is the, that he's doing the sound effects? It's so good. I, it's I lost just it when so he started. Funny. It's so funny and so good. And so when you have that chemistry, that's great. And then you have the chemistry that's not quite as good with Izzy and then you've got the other two side characters that I just felt were kind of weighing it down a little bit and they were obviously thrown in there as comic uh, comic relief because otherwise you know the visuals of this movie especially when we see Izzy for the first time in that dope ass like anime style armor um and I'm I'm trying to think I want to say it's like not full metal alchemist but like apple seed it looks like apple seed or like one of those old school like um Mm. animes from back in the day I'm like this is a pretty intense look 
everything in this film is intense. The bugs, the vines that I thought were going to be like, I thought I was going to drag them down and we were going to discover this whole city and everyone's going to live in harmony. No, it just turns out there's vines in this world that are trying to kill people the entire time and there's no conclusion for that whatsoever. No, it's All just that stuff's word. really, really, really intense. And so when you have that zany Pixar style humor, it doesn't hit the same way as it does with an Incredibles where everything is softened and over-exaggerated and over-stylized and like, it it's it you know Incredibles has that vibe of like a bygone era mixed with now and it's Bond and anything can happen and it's fun, whereas this is like oh wow they're they're stranded on this planet and I'm pretty sure the conclusion of this is they're stranded on this planet forever, which no matter how you paint it is still kind of sad. I mean obviously Buzz realizes oh this is our life now, but like but anytime a character says well this is my life now in a movie it's not the most positive thing ever so i think kudos to pixar for trying to to do something a little bit more intense in sci-fi but having to put that other that pixar charm into it i think works at odds with itself i think a lot of the like side team humor not working it almost feels like they were like oh we cast taika waititi so like Mm -hmm. it's it's fine it's it kind of feels like jeff goldblum of like we have this character actor he's gonna carry it but they didn't really give him like a ton to work with so it feels like the only reason we like that character is because it's taika not because the character is actually pretty much yeah and yeah and they know and they know that right the second he opens his mouth i'm like okay it's taika so we'll we're on for this ride but but again i wish i i just think the chemistry there wasn't there unfortunately and then we spent a lot of time with that team um, which sucks, and especially since yeah. the, the moment that really hit, the only real hype moment or, or a moment of real emotion for me was when he comes back and he finds the room empty. And it's just that that bit of visual storytelling right there tells you wh- wh- everything you need to know about that moment. And I started I started tearing up right there. I'm like, ah, oh, he's finally he finally came back the last time, and she's not there anymore. And it's really yeah. sad. Um, yeah, I, I mean, really liked kinda... the first. What's that, Kev? Oh, sorry. I, I was just gonna say that that's kind of what I meant. And like, it like it feels like they made like an action movie, in where it's also kind of casted like an action movie. And maybe the story's not as there as we'd want it to be or expect it with a Pixar movie, because like that, like having Taika be that character and that character really only having a couple, like fun, like the the pen really was the only thing he had. And the, when he throws the like, it wasn't a spear. It was, it was the yeah, uh, grapple, not grapple, harpoon harpoon and it's like like those are the only moments and it does seem like that character exists because of the cool casting they got and it just kind of seems mm. like a waste and a kind of a bummer yeah it's it's funny though because i think back and i'm like the, the moments of this movie that i really i really wish they'd explored more and obviously this is just me because i love sci-fi i love the idea of him i like the first like 30 minutes of this movie Actually, I don't love the first 10 minutes. I love that middle 30 minutes when they're <laughs> stranded and he's got a, and he has to keep doing this loop and what that means for him because every time he goes up, he gets more and more untethered from his life and from mm. the reality of the life that these people are building. That is such a cool concept. And it gets explored every once in a while, but it's usually really deep sci-fi. It was obviously explored in Interstellar when we see Jessica Chastain growing up and we have that one beautiful moment where he realizes his daughter, she's like, today was the day that you said you were going to be home and you're not here. Like it's my birthday. Right. And you're yeah, not here. Well, I'm it. older and than then, you are. Yeah, I, I, well, that's right. I'm older than you were when you left. And it was like <laughs> such a crushing moment for him. And we got that moment in this where he comes back and his best friend, his only friend really in this, in this world is gone. And she's lived this lovely full life where she found a wife and fell in love and had kid grandkids and kids and all this stuff. And so I'm like, that's really, really cool. And then it kind of turns into sort of a kind of a mid-level actiony movie. And then we get the rev, the, the reveal that, <laughs> that zerg is him in an alternate timeline which i'm like 
okay, we needed to flesh this yeah, out a little bit more. That, it, it's one of those things where I definitely pop for that. Like, that was a cool thing. Like, I, I obviously love the references to the old Toy Story stuff and the little things we've seen of having Zerg and, like, his wings coming out and all that stuff. That The final ship at the end is, like, the toy box uh, from Toy Story. Like, all that stuff was, it. was great. It was great. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was kind of like it felt – Part of me writes it off because it's like, yo, this is the coolest movie Andy's ever seen when he was like five years old or, or eight, whatever it was. And yeah, there's time travel and Buzz is himself from the future. And it's like, I can just imagine being a kid and this like fucking being the most insane cool thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But for being a 32 year old man watching this now, I'm kind of like, okay, cool. You just, you're aping Interstellar with this. You're aping this, you're aping that. And aping's fine when you do it great. And they did it great. Like I got emotional from the Hawthorne bit and all that. But to then be like, oh, you can go forward in time or whatever, but you can also go back. And it's like, cool, that's how you explain it? Yeah, like you got to tell me more that's, that. that's it? All right, alternate timelines? Okay, cool. I guess you're just talking to a future Buzz and a future Socks, and we're just going to just be okay with it. And that's always the problem with uh, with time travel and all that stuff. But it, I feel like they didn't do enough cool shit with the future Buzz to mm. make that leap in logic feel like it totally sits right with me. Yeah. But not the biggest complaint. It's just no, kind of like, no, a, oh, it's, it's just fine. It, it works. It's just an interesting aspect of the movie that I wish that I would have liked them to have fleshed out a little bit more. But again, at the end of the day, this is supposed to be, I guess, a kid's movie. I mean, it's Pixar. So to call a Pixar movie a kid's movie is really doing it a disservice because obviously they write from such a deep level that it, it should appeal to everyone. And it, and this did appeal but to yeah, me this, to a degree. But, um, but that one moment I was like, oh, that's a pretty heady concept that we're just kind of <laughs> three lines of dialogue there and a couple flashbacks and we're going through it. But OK, then we get the great beat with it was like with, the you know, Taika Waititi having to pull the thing and blow up the and I am giving up on that stuff. I was like, that's that's pretty OK. I think uh, the other thing that like kind of made me eh on this movie, um, Buzz is like so attached, like figuring out how we get these people back and everything like that and i i feel like we're missing a piece of like other like i know it's because buzz wants to finish the mission this is what we do this we're space rangers but i i don't i feel like we need more character motivation of like is there something on earth that he like yeah all of everybody else in his life is building these lives on this uh like base planet thing and i don't feel like we need to finish the mission was like enough of a motivation i think there's two two parts to that one is he caused it right like yeah to a degree right but i I feel like like i don't think he had to shoot himself out like that i think he could have righted his ship and taken his time and gone up well but Uh, no they kept flashing back to the fact that the kid was like can i help and buzz mm -hmm. was like no i can do this myself and that was supposed to be the main sort of reason why he was haunted by this decision but the kid's hanging off by a chair, can't even get to the control <laughs> set. You're like, what the fuck was this kid going to do? Yeah. What it needed to be was like, I think they needed to set that up a little bit better of like, you know, because they have the, he's like, I don't need the autopilot on this. And by obviously by the end of the movie, he realizes the virtue and benefit of having all these friends and the autopilot and accepting all of this help into his life to strengthen the team. And it's all the, yeah, that just didn't quite hit as much. But Joe, you're right. Like to me, I'm like, you, you, you tried, you saved everyone. Like, they were going to die. They were all going to get dragged into the underhell of this thing. The ship was going to collapse over, maybe explode. You at least got them out of that situation. So to be so hard on yourself for crashing this ship seems kind of crazy, especially when you're, you've been in life or death situations before and nobody died. I don't know. It's like, I, I think it could, it needed to be way more intense of how he fucked up 
for me to really feel that he like had that inner need to keep going on this on this journey. Well, I think the second part of of why he was trying to go back so much is because he he can't be a ranger out here. Like to get to keep the life that he had going, he had to find a way back. So my question is: Is he a ranger or is he a pilot? Because those two <laughs> things, I know, I know they're supposed to be the same, but the majority of this movie he spends being a test pilot trying to break the sound barrier. And we know from Top Gun Maverick that once you're a pilot, you're always a pilot and you're only ever a pilot. It was just whatever. He was, uh, was that hyperspeed? Is what he would try to get to? Super speed? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because we only get to see him be a ranger for like five minutes. Right. And it's not a great scene when he gets chased back to the ship. And the rest of the time, he's a test pilot. I'm like, why don't you be a test pilot? I don't know. Seems pretty cool. Tim, what were you going to say? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you guys just extrapolating a little more on what Joey started talking about the the needing a little bit more ties to something on Earth or something outside of just the scenario we're in for this to be believable because everything of falling on him feeling like he fucked up and he wants to be a ranger so that's why he's doing all this it it puts it a little at odds for the emotional stakes between his relationship with hawthorne where as an audience we're watching it i feel like it hit us because we are able to think about our best friends and think mm-hmm. about losing them and then the coming back and and them not being there and all that i didn't get the emotion from buzz and like him going like we're looking at it like understanding the ramifications of every time you do this like you're losing a lot of years and i i didn't get the vibe that he gave a shit about that and like hawthorne was always kind of there and the way they presented it it felt like they just had a moment together and hawthorne was kind of like oh hey you're here cool bye every time as opposed to being like having some type of connection between them so by the time she dies i i almost don't feel like buzz had enough of a emotional response to that going forward like it then just kind of felt like, oh, yeah, we had the Pixar moment, so let's just get him back to the action. And I thought right. that was kind of a letdown because I feel like they just needed something, some a, a weight to it all yeah. uh, to, to kind of well, get it all on the same path. Especially when you when you consider, I mean, a they tried to set it up with they tried to give you the classic like bonding scene of these of these these two friends who've been together forever and they're in this life or death situation, and that's why being a ranger is so incredibly important to them. That didn't hit for me so much because I was like it's fine it is what it is but like but but the idea of like them being so hardcore ranger is sort of cut flat by the fact that hawthorne's like i'm just living this life now man i gave it up i don't really care that much about it but buzz is like we got to be ranger. she's like you don't need to do that like you're fine that kind of undercuts the whole ranger uh, emotion but then also when you start thinking about it like we all have best friends right we love these people could you imagine the emotional toll how incredibly insane it would be for four days of your life to go by and 60 and watch someone go by 67 years of their life and then you see them die you go from i'm your good friend to four days later they have grandkids that's crazy right and they don't really they don't explore that so much in this and obviously it's a pixar movie but in a sci-fi movie that would have driven buzz insane like that concept we needed that matthew mcconaughey moment obviously we're not gonna do that in a pixar breaking down i mean that would have been down yeah with all these crazy emotions happening inside of him fighting each other he's so overjoyed to see his family but then the, the concept of like holy shit so much time has gone by i've missed her whole life and like dad died and and a grandpa died rather it was it was so like we just didn't get that moment he's like oh that sucks and then and then we get a comedic beat with the new generals like get out of here and pushes her name off and it's, you're like oh, i guess we're not thinking of hawthorne anymore um, yeah it's yeah. interesting because i feel like the last time we got like a montage kind of like that of time passing by is an up which hit like hits kind of the opposite where it hits so hard because right. it, that you can see so much emotion in it and i agree i feel like if they had had 
we needed some conversation with Buzz and Hawthorne of like, you are like Stay. letting this all yeah. go like fly by and you're missing out on so much of like our lives and stuff like that. And like, we need you to mm. like, yeah, we got something we got like a that little bit of it. Put some right. Well, but, but, it, but it wasn't hard and it wasn't, they didn't lean no. enough. Yeah, that's the, and the up, the up thing was great though, because I think, you know, when you talk about up, like the whole theme of up was like finding another reason to live. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was mm. Ellie was his whole purpose for, for being, he was his whole life and he had given up. He wanted to go basically to this place that she went and die really. And then this kid gives him a whole new, lease on live a whole new reason to live and we sort of get that a little bit here but the whole theme of this is supposed to be like i guess it's like forgive yourself for the past uh, let go move on and 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 then also be a team member like learn how to work <laughs> as a team which i was like we didn't that that wore thin for me so fast where i'm like if it had been tim allen's light year and that's the other that's the other thing i want to talk to you guys about right this is not the same light year as obviously the toy we find and right. that can be explained in any single way you want. But Buzz Lightyear from from Toy Story is completely zany. And that's what I thought this movie should have been, but, probably. It's yeah. like silly, right? Because when he's like, I could do this by myself, that character, Chris Evans Lightyear, is so grounded in reality that him not realizing the virtue of having people around him to help him out with this thing starts to wear thin really, really quickly and makes me question his ability to actually be a competent ranger in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Whereas I mean, I think if it was Tim Allen, he would be, and he's just so cocky because he's just stupid because he is that light year. Uh, that kind of makes more sense. And then it's more forgivable that he's rude and mean to these people who are like his really only chance of surviving on this freaking planet. Yeah, uh, we are going to get into the plot and get into all the details of this. But before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I've been using AG1 the last few months because I figured it was well past time I start thinking about vitamins, but I'm usually not the biggest fan of their format. So being able to drink a flavored water is much more up my alley. And I'm a huge fan here of the fact that it doesn't taste super healthy. It kind of has like this mild tropical taste to it that I look forward to every morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny this episode is brought to you by shopify shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved only for big businesses to everyone so upstarts startups established businesses content creators alike can sell everywhere synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed i love how shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to across the globe our content creator friends use shopify to manage all their merch sales and stuff. And I recently got Gia a pair of Allbirds from the Allbirds website, which also uses Shopify. So that's an example of big websites using Shopify for their sales. You can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting on conversion rates, profit margins, and to help you supercharge your knowledge of your sales and your success. You can go to shopify.com slash kfgames, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you can get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify 
Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames right now. That's shopify.com slash kfgames for a free 14-day trial. Shopify.com slash kfgames. Uh, one thing to note is that uh, Lightyear, the, I'm pretty sure the toy is based off the cartoon show that aired in real life that is the cartoon show in the 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 movie world as well. Does that make it does that make sense why there would be a different voice actor? Um yeah. I mean, you know, when when there's like an animated version of a movie, they use a, a, a different actor. Um, I don't think that's right. I mean, I think the this movie well, it starts with that. I mean, only... It starts with that title over screen that, like, he he saw this movie, and this was the movie. This was the movie that Andy watched. This is why he wanted the toy. But I don't know. I know that there was. I think this is stuff about like this is the movie that he watched. I don't know if it said this is why he wanted the toy. But I'm wow. I'm pretty sure. Like I know that the the cartoon show that came out here is so. also the cartoon show that came out in their world. So in I the plot, that, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. it says a framing device. This is on Wikipedia, by the way. I didn't get a chance to write this down because they don't like when you light things in theaters. So I've learned. <laughs> uh, we kick it off. This is Lightyear. This is a framing device. Explains the film was a favorite of young Andy Davis, and that Buzz Lightyear toy he received in 1995 was based on. Is that it. his last name? I guess. Did we know that? Uh, that's what big it says. reveals here. <laughs> Huge reveal. Um, also, I want to ask. Well, we'll get to it when we get to that. Uh, we kick it off. Buzz also, Lightyear. Just one more thing. Is it weird that they? This is like this big like sci-fi movie in the world, and they make some like random kids toy based off of it. Like they don't make no. like Ad Astra toys. Joey, of course you'll <laughs> right? remember. Well, I think this is Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this oh, be like got Star it. Wars okay. for him. Um, you know, you'll remember Joey famously. They made all those Conan the Barbarian toys uh, based off of Conan the Barbarian until they realized. And no one had seen the movie and no one read the script That's... and no one knew that it was going to be a hard R movie that kids would not be allowed to see. And I think if hmm. memory serves correctly, those toys went on to be the toys for He-Man. Um, Buzz Lightyear, a galactic ranger in Star Command and his commanding officer and best friend Alicia Hawthorne explore the habitable planet uh, Takani Prime. <laughs> Takana Prime. Habitable. <laughs> Habitable. <laughs> that broke Kevin. Uh, with their new recruit feathering ham stan i don't like this kid this is right here i was like uh oh this is not yeah. working for me uh what's your name feathering ham stan i'm like oh guys we yeah oh. this is also huge missed opportunity to not make this kid the father great the grandfather of one of the kids or one of the team members that he has to eventually have because that go ahead Kev. i was gonna say it's so weird that they just dropped this it's weird, like we, right? we don't see anything. I was like, oh, is this going to be Zerg? And like, that's how he's like, I always saw you cool. as a father mm, leading to the, really the cool. joke in, in the um, like, second uh, movie. Similar to uh, Spectrum, right? Where he's like, I was a young kid, a fan of you. And now yeah. I realize you're yeah. an asshole. Um, I did like the uh, different colored Space Ranger suits that yes. we got our first hint of here and then get more later. First off, vibing on that, my favorite thing, and I even turned to Andy and said this, I was like, <laughs> Every time he gets, he goes on another run. He wears a different colored flight suit because they've just changed the colors. It's yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't but notice. it's like, yeah, like one time he's in orange. I think one time he's in blue, and another time he's in a different color. It's just because, like, as the years have progressed, they've just changed new outfits. Then you're like, yeah, new outfits because the other ones wore out, which keep I think the is economy hilarious. alive. You know? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, they land on this planet in Feathering Hempstead Sand. Who is again? I can't hammer this home. You have a character that you're rude to who could have helped you save everyone and you said no to that person and it's haunted you and is the central is the pivotal and central portion of the theme of this movie 
And you could have had that character's son help you later or grandson mm-hmm. help you later mm-hmm. to help alleviate that stress Redemption. and thus back up the theme. And you didn't do that. No. Why? And Or they could have made him like the old grandma, right? Because they, they have like an older crew yes. member. They could have yeah. made Feathering Hen Tempenson or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. That, that could have been that character. But I digress. It doesn't matter. Uh, they are forced to retreat their, uh, excuse me, retreat to their, uh, exp- they go out, they're exploring. Obviously, they get, they get attacked by the vines. They get attacked by the bugs. They got to go run back to what they call the turnip, which I thought was kind of a funny thing. Uh, in doing so, the vines start dragging the turnip back down. And Buzz says, I got this. Don't worry about it. And Leisha, his, his uh, Hawthorne, his uh, super, uh, superior officer is like, no, you got to get help. Yada, yada. He's like, I don't want help from this. I don't want help from this stupid uh, uh, Ivan, which I think is a great acronym, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, there's one of, the, one of the little robots at the beginning of this has the same sort of not form factor but design aesthetic and coloring as wally which i thought was kind of cool i don't know if that's by by a lot of this uh, i was like we're going to talk about wally at some point and you guys well it's too it's too low on the list or whatever but so um i love that high. all those joey shut your face <laughs> um but I, I love that all those little those little tiny touches are in this uh, a little bit uh anyway they go back and buzz unfortunately because he won't let anyone help him he crashes the turnip and they are stranded there forever one year later the crew have constructed uh, a nascent colony what a great very impressive this, this montage uh, was so sick yeah. too yeah. of like yeah. seeing the the wide shot and like seeing it kind of like build in the time lapse i love very that little dope. time lapse. now yeah. of course there's another michael giacchino scored movie that does that as well which is star trek uh, mm-hmm. And they, you see, oh, I think it's God, in the, dark, right. the Enterprise, in the dark, yes, where the Enterprise yeah. is getting built again, which is freaking awesome. And that, that's what gave me that vibe. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see the crew. They've constructed this colony along with the necessary infrastructure to conduct repairs. Buzz volunteers to test hyperspace fuel, a key component of the repairs. However, I love the colors of these two as well as they have to mix them and stuff. Uh, it's cool when they pull the button and it makes the crystal. Uh, but however, after a routine four minute test, he finds the four years have passed on uh, Takana Prime. Uh, this sequence of him flying around the sun and not listening to the the thing, but then like proving to everyone he actually knows what he's talking about. He is a good pilot, and he he you know ejects the fuel cell as it explodes and punches him through these slow down rings, which I think are the coolest part of this whole <laughs> thing. Um, awesome sequence. Every time he's flying, it just reminds me of like the best of this genre. You know, you've got your. It reminds me actually a lot of well Maverick, but it also reminds me a lot of. Uh, I think it was First Man was the movie with Ryan Gosling that was Damien Chazelle where you just mm-hmm. you're in the cockpit mm-hmm. with him as he's trying to like he's trying to break the um, God I think it was like the stratosphere barrier who's trying to go mm-hmm. as high as possible anyway very very cool uh, Buzz comes back he's introduced to Socks a robotic feline that is far and away the best character oh. in this entire movie by so uh, much Peter Sons just, just is amazing when he goes so would you like to hear some whale sounds and he's like <laughs> no he goes I can also do white noise okay white noise <sighs> <laughs> but i was thinking oh they're gonna cut to a white noise sound yeah no it's no, peter song so going better. yeah <laughs> dude that was so funny and it, it and it's it's you, you don't realize how much your life changes when like you get animals or kids or whatever and me now having my two pups like seeing these little like cute animals on on screen 
has changed from me just being like, oh, it's a funny character to me just finding so many just endearing moments in every single thing he does. And me and G were cracking up because there's so often times we see an animal acting like an asshole or doing whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, classic moose behavior. It's rare we get the Toretto where it's like, oh, that is so Toretto. The way that Sox was walking, every little motion, it's like, it's fucking Toretto. They nailed it. <laughs> and I just, I just love that, the power of Pixar, like with that extra level of every frame of animation has some relatability to it. The part that got me most was that you've got this hyper smart AI cat, but it's walking around like a normal cat would. And at one point it walks on Buzz's foot. Yeah. You know how cats just have zero yep. concept of yep. personal space and he just walks. And also I love that he doesn't have digits. So when he types things, it's just the paws that do this. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. I take back everything I said about these two genres not mixing the humor in this part. Freaking great. Of course, uh, as Buzz leaves, uh, Sock says, is there anything I can help you with? He goes, yeah, you got to figure out why this uh, stuff's unstable. That might have been the second time he came back. We also yeah. had dinner where he cracks the dinner and it's just the same uh, disgustingness as before. I thought that looked really um, good. I was like, I'd eat the shit out of that goop. Yeah. Steak goop. Uh, of course, every time he comes back from this, he catches up with Alicia, who gets older and older and has moved on. She no longer wants to be – it's not that she doesn't want to be a ranger anymore. She's just found other purpose in life. She's found love. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's had a son now. Um, and then as he keeps coming back, we see the son get married and then eventually have uh, the small little baby that will be Izzy later. Um, and 62 years have passed until the final Also, finally, he- shout out, I guess, <laughs> to Pixar – we finally get like an actual lgbt character yeah uh, it's nice in the movie it's good yeah and like i know that there was like a lot of pushback like pixar whatever team was working on this had to push really hard because pixar tried to pull that storyline out yeah. um and they fought really hard to get it back in so good on those people that fought mm-hmm. to keep their story the way that they wanted it that's very good and i thought that i thought the relationship was great i thought these you know I, I didn't feel like it was um, shoehorned in or mistreated at all. So I think that was really good on Pixar as well. Hell yeah. Um, uh, we, where did I pick back? Oh, right. Of course, then after 62 years, uh, he comes back and finally finds the office empty. And we get the up moment where I'm like, well, the second he comes back, I was like, the music's changed. I'm about to cry. And the, yep. the, the door opens and it's just the box and it's been cleared <laughs> out. And I'm like, gosh, he's dead. That mm. sucks. And we get the wonderful uh, moment of, you know, her talking to him via the hologram and they have, they do the to infinity and beyond. Mm. That's just so sad. That was the thing. I was like, I was, we all saw it coming. So it's just like, okay, we can prepare ourselves and we're going to be okay through this. Right. Like whatever. And then it was like, okay, it's, it's going well. It's anytime now it's going to be the one she's not there. And then she's not there. And you're just like, Oh, that got me. And then the infinity beyond thing. I was like, ah, fuck the tears are here. (laughs) Like they, they broke me um let's see of course commander burnside interrupts him and he's like uh and he has oh there's an important thing here uh buzz picked up a picture of them the the two of them him and hawthorne uh from when they were younger as they were rangers and that's going to come back to play later because older buzz has that as well on he keeps that on his console and his control console as well uh after the test buzz finds that 22 years have passed during which uh let's oh sorry I missed a couple things here. Uh, Buzz uses the, oh, okay. So when he goes back, Sox is like, oh, by the way, I figured it out. And he's like, what did you figure out? He goes, well, I, well you get, you told me to figure out how to make a stable fuel source. And I figured it out. It only took 62 years. And I used this <laughs> old school uh, Nintendo Famicom or whatever this thing is it to, to figure it out. It doesn't back itself up anywhere. I know, which is funny because I'm like, you're a, you're an advanced yeah. like, AI Yeah, like, you did you not take a photo this. of it in the video that you're, yeah, like, exactly. I'm sure recording? 
Also, it's you not plug that hard, your little tail into it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's with USB tail, which is great. Oh uh, but it's a fun, it's a fun when he setup. Plugs and you're like, is he dead? Don't let him fucking die. I, I'm, I, I'll walk <laughs> I out right now. <laughs> One thing I want to, I do want to say is like from a story perspective, Burnside is not a bad character. He's the new commander, right? He's, uh, and and he's like, listen, this is what we're all doing now. We're gonna put up a laser shield, which I thought at the end he's like, laser shield, hilarious. Um, but he's not. This character needed to be an asshole, and it, he needed to be an unrelenting, unmovable. This is what we're doing, Buzz. We're th- you're no longer needed. We're throwing you in jail. There needed to be severe consequences for Buzz continuing along with with this project. I don't buy that if Buzz hadn't taken one moment and walked into Burnside's office. Had a cup of coffee with a guy and be like, listen, my cat figured out how to make this fuel source stable. <laughs> I think, he, can, I think he, he doesn't need to say that part. Right. I think he'd just be like, we, we figured it out. We figured it out. I don't buy, especially at the end where we find Burnside, the, I don't buy that he wouldn't be like, oh, that awesome. Let's yeah. start right now. Fig, let's, let's figure that out. But instead, we go on this kind of outlandish and silly uh, moment where he has to steal the shit back. And it's fun and it's all fun, but but it leaves me as the audience member thinking, like, why don't you just stop and go talk to your commanding officer? Like, you're not a criminal yet. You're seen as a hero here to some degree. People know who you are. You still got juice. So, like, go over and talk to this guy and be like, listen, my cat, the Famicom, they figured it out over 62 years. I'd really like one more crack at this. And then if you don't want to move on from there, whatever, we can just put the laser shield up. But it seems like this environment's pretty pretty horrible to live in forever. But I digress. But yeah, but I feel have, like that, then we wouldn't have a movie. That also <laughs> gave us the cat like being like, oh, shit, they're about to turn me off. I have to like go in and be in, on this guy's side. And right. like, this is good. I really love that. That was good. Yeah. We also get, I think, the funniest moment in the entire thing when they're going over to the plane and they get they get caught by a security guard and and, and Sox just opens his mouth and goes, ha! and the blow dart hits her in the throat. <laughs> And he goes, he goes, was that for me? And he goes, I bought you five minutes. <laughs> that coming really back later. Funny. So, so, so funny with the old, with the, yeah, with the future cat. Really, really funny. Uh, we go off and he comes back and now 22 years have passed and the world, uh, the, the world of Takana Prime has been invaded by a force of robots led by the mysterious Emperor Zerg. Uh, upon landing, of course, Buzz meets up with members with that, uh, with Izzy who saves him. Love the armor here. Love that design of that. Mm-hmm. Kind of bummed they had to ditch that for the more, I'm not going to say classical styles of the Ranger armor, but obviously I vibe a lot more with like modern day anime yeah. armor but, than I do with Pixar armor, but whatever. It's the moment you there. figure out, oh, they're building the suit. Like, oh, he's got the laser. Oh, there are the, the, laser the eject arm, wings. The wings. It's, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, shit, the pen. Was there a pen in the in the suit originally? No, there wasn't. But oh, there I like is. what he's, yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, was uh, of course, they go over and they meet up with the colony's defense force, including Izzy, uh, who is Alicia's now adult granddaughter, uh, Mo Morrison, a fresh naive recruit, and Darby Steele, an elderly paroled convict. Uh, while initially reluctant to work with them, Buzz eventually uh, warms to them. So they got to go find uh, another ship because the ship gets exploded. We give this whole action sequences with the one armed alien uh, robot, which I'm like. I think that's going to come back later, and it does come back later. Um, I don't – this is where I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I'm feeling the chemistry of this group because the way they screw up here and the way they eventually overcome – there's just just the components of the group just don't feel like they all mesh well together. I, I feel like it's a, a perfect example of this and what we were talking about earlier of the montage. Like, I feel like this movie kind of – because it is such a 
generic action movie, generic sci-fi movie, and generic mm-hmm. Pixar movie all at once. It's kind of like, well, the audience gets it. Like, they'll fill in the gaps. They'll understand yeah. what yeah. this is. And I think that that we're just a little too smart, and we've talked about too many good Pixar movies to, yeah. to let that totally slide, even though it, it, it works. It just doesn't work in a way that feels fresh or special. It, it needed, and, and this is literally my favorite scene in any Pixar movie, so it's like, obviously comparing it to this is, is difficult, and this is, this is high marks if they can get any close to it, but we needed the moment where, where all of the Incredibles come together in the forest. Where, because Mr. Incredible's like, I can't, I don't want to work with any of you guys. I'm a lone person because we, deep down, he's like, I don't want my family to get hurt. He even says that to Helen, too. He was like, he was like, I can't lose you again. You understand that? And she's like, if we work together, you won't have to. And then we get that wonderful moment where Dash is running out of the thing and all that stuff. And then they come together and the music hits. I'm like, we never really get that here. We don't really feel that, that kind of chemistry here. They just sort of one by one become relatively competent. Also, it's kind of crazy that he's like, I got my team back here. And it's like, huh. Yeah. Let's pump the brakes on that because yeah. they're nice people, but <laughs> I don't know how competent they are still. But whatever, it's it's a it's a nice ending. Anyway, uh, we go off on the ride. We got to go over and get the new ship because the old ship got destroyed. The new ship's over in this cool mining area. We get that whole sequence where uh, they get stuck in the cones of silence, uh, and Buzz almost leaves them. But this is the first time he has to, he realizes it's better to work as a team. They all get together. Like he's like, we need your weight. We need your we need you to help bust this thing. Great I don't want to. I don't want to just be like, to nitpick, and I don't want to get just too negative because overall, I did. I I like this movie a lot, but I think that nitpick. this scene, it, nitpick. There we go. This scene is just. <laughs> it's so like blah. It's so whatever. Like the scenario they're in. I'm like, at no moment was like, how are they going to get out of this? I'm interested in how they're going to like give us the 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 great resolution. It's kind of like all right, and I don't feel like any of the comedic beats were like really worth the time spent for this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Uh, again, it's not conflict the end of the world, for the but... sake of the bit, but the bit's not good. Yes. Yes. I, I also just feel like at this point, the, 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 the inner struggle of Buzz Lightyear not wanting to work with other people is starting to wear thin. Yeah. I'm like, dude, come on. Like you can't see the obvious fucking virtue of like, you got three people over here. You're like, you're like, why just get out of the room. Use me to get out of the room. It's not that hard. Anyway, um, they get out of the room. They go back to the ship. Uh, it, uh, but before that happens, I think they get attacked by Zerg. They get the little quill they need, but they get attacked by Zerg. And Zerg's like, come with me if you want to live. And it's like, oh, maybe this guy's not too bad at all. But then in a weird beat, they're just behind him. They got down there somehow and they blow, they blast Zerg up and then they free him. Uh, love this, the Zerg. This is uh, earlier that I'm referencing here, but I love the Zerg kind of reveal where you don't really see his face yet. You just see parts of him, and it's shot exactly like Darth Vader. Like it's really yeah. kind of building cool. up. Like this is Andy Star Wars, and I think that's uh, it was a wise call. I also love the ver- the, the the Zerg teleportation tech. I thought that was very yeah. cleverly used yeah. in the movie. Um, it does make me think, hey, that's really, really, really impressive tech. Maybe we could figure out how to use that to get off this planet. But I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of future tech that they just blow up. Where, like, we blew up this ship. I'm just throwing this out there an interstellar ship that can go anywhere. We blew it up, or we could have just piloted the ship back and be like, Look, guys, I saved you after all. I got the ship that can take us off this planet. Am I fucking <laughs> crazy in thinking that? I guess we needed the fuel source, but he used the fuel source yeah. to go back in time. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, very cool stuff. Uh, obviously, Zerg gets him. Zerg takes him up to the uh, after after an interesting action sequence that again didn't quite work for me when when uh, Darby or Darla what's Darla's name Darby uh, is shooting rockets out the back. I'm like, eh, this is this kind of fun. I guess this should be a little bit more fun, but I'm yeah. having a good time. Uh, he gets caught by Zerg. Zerg takes him back up, and it is after this, hold on to 
to do an opposite of the Nick pick thing there, I think that this little action sequence is very generic and very okay, but it looks so cool and it's so visually interesting that I think it was worth the bit. Like I think that they they made the most of what they were were giving us, and I I was entertained by her shooting the, the rockets and all this and how Zerg came in and like just the the stakes of this whole scene. But it's interesting because they were like, this is, this is, I got to get the character's name. Darla, I think it is. I Darby. No, Darby, no. excuse me. Darby, Darby Steele. Darby, Darla's from cool Finding Nemo. Darla's from Finding Nemo. That's the crazy niece, right? It's like, I'm going to kill everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not what she says, but yeah. They set it up that she can make, they have that one line where she can make a, any three things explode. And I'm like, oh, that's going to come back to play. And it kind of does at the end, but I thought it was going to be here. I was hoping they'd open up the, the case and have no guns and she would have to figure out how to manufacture things that were going to explode to throw at them as bombs. But instead, they just give them grenades. I don't know. A little less creative than I want it to be. Um, and then we also get the bit here about them finishing each other's sentences. And then but obviously Buzz Buzz's failure as a leader results in the, the ship crashing and the fuel cell getting punted and all that stuff. And Zerg ends up with the fuel cell and Buzz up in the mega ship. And it is revealed that Buzz is actually old Buzz from the future. He realized Zerg. that the, the fuel cell that they had could make him travel so far into the future. He's like, I'm so sad. I'm going to fall. When I, when I got back, uh, I got to go into the future. And I went so far into the future, I somehow found alien tech, which we're just going to, and I borrowed it, which means he stole an alien ship to a degree, which I'm like, we're going to gloss right past that. That's a whole act of this movie that we should have seen. Yep. Um but and, and, uh, and that's the worst thing is like a, a big twist reveal that's only a big twist reveal because we could have never seen it coming and we only mm. could never see it coming because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but of course, when he came back, uh, yeah, I guess when he came back to the planet the first time, there were no aliens. And I forget what I did. Everyone die. I forget. No, no. They all like they caught him and arrested him for stealing oh, the ship. Right. Oh, that's right. And, and so, he immediately runs away and just turns the ship full blast forward that's right again silliness right like but a also, quick conversation it's not it's not like you can throw buzz lightyear in the fucking brig for the next 20 years like we, we have five people living on this planet we need every all the help we can get but <laughs> another another question i have uh, this the turnip as it's traveling through space in hyperspace or, mm -hmm. or whatever they called it um wouldn't it also be traveling super forward in time yeah and yeah. therefore like they have no Shouldn't real world this? to come to come to like, well, they'd come, but at this point, so it, they, actually, the, well, the world would, but like all of their families and friends would be like oh, dead. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, thousands of years, you would imagine. way dead. Yeah, super <laughs> dead. Now, now it's it's because they were in sleep. Yeah, it's conceivable that the technology there and that particular source of fuel alleviated that. And I can only imagine. I'm just filling this in in my head because they didn't know that him traveling originally in hyperspace was sure. going to have that effect. Okay. So my th my thought okay. process yeah, is that, that they had a different way of doing it that, that that alleviated that, which is not, I guess, scientifically possible, but it is a movie. So that I didn't question that so much. I just questioned sort of the – I don't love whenever writers get a little bit lazy and they're like, oh, well, he just has to go do this thing and someone – is kind of trying to stop him. I'm like, dude, this is not like it's not like it's a foreign country that's like you're a spy. You're here. It's like that guy was your commanding officer. He just wants to bring you back because you stole a ship and probably have a conversation with you about what the hell happened. But I digress. Uh, he goes in the future. He steals the tech. He came back, and now uh, he's James Brolin. Which in my brain, I'm like, I love James Brolin. Obviously, Josh Brolin's dad. Josh Brolin gave us Thanos. How can you not like James Brolin? But part of me it is like, why this. would you not get? Tim Allen to be this character. He's right, older now. His voice sounds older now. He could I imagine, be older. so right. Well, I so imagine weird. things 
did not break well with this with Tim Allen. I'm yeah. guessing, but I think they should. I mean, I, I maybe they asked him to do this. And maybe he was like, I should have been the the, the character to begin with. But, but Chris also, Evans, as a younger like, light year, is, makes sense. But if but Tim Allen literally is like, I don't know how old he is, but if he's pretty old at this point. He probably like would sound age appropriate for this. I, I feel like he said a lot of yeah. controversial things, too, right? Like maybe Disney just 69. wants to stay away from him. Has he? Has he? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't for sure. Yeah, he's like he's like a hardcore Trumper, right? But, oh, okay, so he's a, okay. Yeah. That's probably. Yeah, right. like to, that's all true. I I still think, though, like, to, to Nick's point, like if you're gonna have an older buzz, like maybe they just don't have an older buzz. Then if like mm. it's gonna, if you can't mm-hmm. do the things like the dopest way possible, but it's right. it's especially in the use case of this where it was kind of whatever. Yeah, I mean it, it's unfortunate. Obviously, if there's extenuating circumstances, I'm not gonna judge Pixar or Disney for making a call uh, for the betterment of their project. But uh, I just think that if in my opinion, in my brain, I was like, oh, it's an older buzz. And when he opened his mouth, I expected it for some reason to be Tim Allen. And it wasn't. I was like, oh, okay. Well, missed opportunity, unfortunately. Um, neither here nor there. We, we chug right along, right? And Izzy's like, I'm not a Hawthorne. I'm doubting myself. My mom was a space ranger, and I'm terrified of space. Um, kind of, I, I mean, again, we're nitpicking here, right? But her character, in the shadow of her grandmother's footsteps, I love that she's inspired by her, but I wish they had pushed it to a point where she was like, maybe I don't want to be a ranger. Maybe I want to be a leader like my grandmother was. Maybe ranger's not for me. Maybe I want to do something else for the betterment of this. Because at the end of the day, when I stop and think about like what Hawthorne meant to the grander scheme of this colony, this nascent colony, she was the leader of it. She's the one that pretty much kept them going, right? So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just making that leap of logic based off the fact that she's no, only think right. in a commanding position. But in my brain, I'm like, she's the one telling everyone what to do because yeah. she's the well, highest she level statue. commander. Yeah, she had a fucking statue. <laughs> so in my brain, I'm like, I'm like, maybe you got through this thing, but you're like, you know what? Maybe space rangering isn't for me. Maybe I, I, I want a different calling. Like I want to be the leader of this group like my grandmother was one day. But whatever. She goes up. She's like, I got to figure this out. I got And then she goes, oh, the ship. I forget how she remembers. Like, I'm a Hawthorne. I can figure this out. But she sees the little the little transporter thing on the ship. And is like, ah, we do have one option left. We're going to space. So she hits the thing. They all get in the plane to go to space. They crush that last robot. Unfortunately, I feel bad for him. Uh, and they go out and about. Uh, they give Taika Waititi and, and, and Darby just a random side quest to do that doesn't seem like it needs to be done. But we spend a lot of time with them trying to figure out how to close a fucking door. <laughs> Uh, Buzz gets brought, get, <laughs> escapes uh, because the cat helps him. He shoots another blow dot at him because he's like, I like this Buzz better uh, because you're making a lot of sense. Of course, Buzz has the moment with older Buzz where they could go back and fix everything, but he realizes it's time to move on. It's time to have a life. And this Buzz, he's like, he realizes literally looking into the future that if I keep along this path, this is what's going to happen to me. I thought that part was very well done. And then, of course, Socks is like, oh, I remember the old Buzz. I like old Buzz back. So with this fucking Terminator one eye, <laughs> shoots a dart at old Buzz, knocks him out. Uh, um, they get I, I, I like that moment, too, of like, hey, we can go back and fix. Oh, he, I don't remember what the old Buzz says, but it was the phrasing was something along the lines of like, uh, we can make everything right, and he's like, "I am," and like he yeah. steals the the cell, the, the fuel cell. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he want he was like, you know, the main the main crux of the whole thing was he was yeah. he was like, they won't remember people that they didn't have because we're gonna go back and change it. And he's like, I yeah, can't let like, that happen because obviously he's formed a bond with Izzy at this point as well. But uh, I mean, so not he, only that, like they've had kids and stuff. Like there's there's generations that have right. gone throughout this uh, colony doomed yeah. colony. It's doomed, doomed right? for sure. Yeah, it's doomed for sure. 
I mean, is let's it? put it this way. For yeah. sure it's doomed. Sure. Dude, you don't think the they can of, just like keep living? Oh, I get There's a laser shield they need. At the end of it, these bugs are constantly attacking it. And Burnside's like, laser shield. I'd be like, this is giving me so much anxiety. I can't sleep and I'm constantly pooping myself. That's what I would think if I lived in this place. Well, they also, they do have, it, who cares? they have the fuel. Oh, I guess maybe they don't. Another they don't because they had to destroy at the end. And what Socks, a dumb... apparently, can't, and Socks yeah. apparently can't remember four numbers. That's on, the thing. On this thing. We saw the ratio. Like, we could fucking remember it if we tried hard enough. Yes, probably. <laughs> and you would think that you would have, like, a memory of... Well, I guess that's... Socks is a he's hyper... AI, so it's not AI. like a brain. So he would have like, had the He's memory like, I've been working this for 62 years. I can't get these fucking numbers out of my brain. But it, but, but yeah. it, it would be one thing if it was like, oh, my God, this is an intense mathematical equation, and I don't have the hard drive capacity for it. But it really was just four numbers. It was yeah. like 22, 66, 33, and 10. It was just a mixture. It was like a, it, 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 I mean, literally, it was like breaking into a vault in Bioshock. It's not that fucking hard, right? Like, anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, for some reason, Buzz gets overwhelmed and finally realizes I need help, which means that Izzy has to go out into space. Cool sequence. The ship starts moving, of course, and, she, and there's a terrifying moment yeah. where she's trying to grab onto the bottom of the cool little little spikes that are, for, for whatever she reason, the spikes are on socks. every ship. Antennas. Antennas. <laughs> is that why are there so many of them? Because so a lot of communications, they, they each are figuring something else out. You know, everyone's Pretty cell crazy. phone has one antenna. Anyway, right. she saves socks, which is great. This is a this is such a fucked thing for me to say. It's a fucked up thing I could possibly say here, but like, I kind of feel like socks should have died here. Oh, damn, like, that I feel is like fucked I, up. Him. I feel like that. I and I, I only say that because I feel like it would like this movie having another emotional moment like on the level of uh what's his name the do 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 from uh Inst- oh out. Bing Bong um oh Bing Bong yeah Bing Bong yeah like that type moment it would have been like sure we've seen it before but we've seen the other moment mm-hmm. got it Tim. here I think that could have hit hard I'm happy they didn't do it because I love song forever happily but Tim, your call even if he old. did die he died our lives see you guys later. Wow, that was good. Up. That was good. Your uh, call's you cutting could, out a little bit, though, too. Yeah, a lot. And if you want to maybe restart oh, Discord. Now he's nah. Oh, now he's frozen. Okay. Now we'll go. Right. We're, almost, we're almost done with the track. We're almost done. I'll, I'll keep going um, with the plot while Tim figures that out. Wait, did um, Old Socks die? Yes. Yeah, Old Socks, I think, right? blows up. He uh, gets crushed because <sighs> he's trying to save. Remember, he's trying to save. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll keep going along. Uh, Izzy eventually gets uh, into the airlock. Really uh, back or and she uses their. She uses the uh, the fun bit about the stealth to sneak around Zerg, uh, and they overcome Zerg. Then she cuts his arm off. Yeah, gives Buzz his little blaster back. Uh, they escape, um, and he and Buzz ends up shooting with his blaster that she gave him. Uh, the uh, the self destruct sequence, which was at twelve seconds. Uh, she uses her. The, I like how everyone had one of those little things on them, so they could just tap it and get back to the ship. Super cool. Um, they get back to the ship. They fly away, but Buzz gets blasted. Uh, and and slides down, and I love how this whole thing is choreographed. He's sliding through, and right before he hits the shield that's holding in the atmosphere, he hits his little, he hits his uh, his his helmet. It pops, and then it goes to silence. I always love yeah, when people so do this. Always yeah. good. Battlestar used to do this all the time, and it was just so cool. You're like, yeah, that's how it really sound. That's how it really sound. Uh, of course, he catches up with them. Um, he gets into his ship, but Zerg is still alive, and Zerg's like, I'm going to stop you. And he's like, and he finally realizes there's the only way out of this is to actually do what I should have done to begin with and just eject, get out of this thing. He ejects, and as he does, we see the iconic uh, wings on him for the first time, the jetpack. Uh, he uses that to stabilize the, the armadillo that the other kids are in, or the other team is in, uh, and fly them down. How 
he didn't get burned up in the atmosphere. I guess Doesn't that's matter. just the a really, really suit. good suit. It's a good suit. This hype, this hyper advanced ship is on fire almost because the <laughs> the the plating on the bottom of it is being uh, is being heated by the reentry. But whatever, his suit's Nick, great. The, Nick, that was the, the hyper advanced suit or ship was damaged slightly. We all saw Fair it get enough. damaged slightly, Fair and enough. that's how it works. It was one crack. I love crack. the uh, allusion to Toy Story One, uh, the end where Buzz is flying. You know, with the mm-hmm. with RC and all that stuff, and like to hear him holding the the ship as he goes down. I was like, "This that's cool." That was fun. Uh, they go down, they land, and the day is saved. Uh, let's see where are we at here. Oh, right, and then, but of course, one last beat here. Everyone's like, "We're celebrating. It's great." But then the one armed robot comes back and gets shot right in the head by Burnside, um, who is like, "Listen, you did all this crazy shit." But guess what? It's the end of the movie. We got to wrap this bad boy up with a happiness. So <laughs> we want to re- uh, reinstate you as a ranger and bring the ranger program back. To which I'm like, wait, why did the ranger program go away to begin with? This is a colony that is constantly being attacked by alien presence. Why would not? Seems why like, would they yeah. not have a standing military force that well, they, is on they guard did. 24-7? They did. And that's not what rangers are, right? They had the Zed Force. Which I oh, think they did have the Zap Force. Zap, Zap Force. Force, which mm-hmm. I, have to, to me, their suits looked very similar to the, the Zerg things. Of like, it, do these become those eventually? Or? Probably. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe in the future, like eons or, or thousands of years or millions of years in the future, this colony eventually turns into just the robot colony. Similar to how, let's be honest, human beings will. Uh, mm-hmm. I, for one, welcome our AI overlords. And did you hear I'd about like the sentient well Google AI? I did. It's terrifying. And it's, I try, yeah, I try not to waste a lot of time thinking about that because that's the yeah. kind of shit that keeps me up at night. <laughs> uh, anyway, he goes, you can take any of your zapped uh, people that you want. Uh, and he goes, no, I already have my team. I have this team of uh, these people who are barely competent, but it's okay. Uh, so we're going to make them into Rangers. <laughs> they're and it's a gonna team be cool. now, Nick. Yeah, they're a team. And so to infinity and beyond, they finally get that boom, boom. And they launch in their new ship to go uh, explore uncharted territories and protect the world and all that jazz. Uh, and then we get a couple post credit sequences, one with Burnside singing his office and a buzz zaps behind it. One of those scary ass crustacean buzzes or uh, bugs zaps behind. Him. He's like, ah, laser shield again. I would be like, I have a leaky colon. This is how much anxiety I have constantly being under attack. But I guess we're See, just you don't okay trust here. the laser shield enough. No, it does its job, it does its job every day. I don't, tr- I don't trust. Shut off. Yeah, I don't trust anything. Dude. Also, I don't, I don't trust my phone to give me a reminder. Let's just put it that way. If they had a laser shield, would they have not figured out a laser floor so they didn't have to deal with the vines anymore? Me, you would think so, Joey, but then that's you have the to most think. absurd thing I've ever yeah. heard. <laughs> what happened? How are you gonna walk, Joey? How are you gonna walk? What, what are you like shoes. A, a little hub, yeah. You know, those like moon shoes that they used to have, something like mm-hmm. that, where a little hoverboard on your shoes, yes, yeah. slide around. So, we get uh, the, the three post credit scenes here, right? right. We get the, the one, the one joke bit, uh, of the laser shield, and we get the I don't one know that joke. We saw bit. three, yeah, we did. We did. Zerg comes three. back, and well, the very, very we saw it like two weeks ago, and I don't think they have them in it. Mid credits, uh, we get the the one that was just like a laser shield joke. Then we get the black and white credits, and after that, we got two. So one of them was uh, the the robot giving directions. He was oh, still yes, giving directions. That one, that didn't hit. Nah, and then and then they did the there was like the Disney logo, and then the Pixar logo, and then there was another post credits that was oh, you see Zerg floating in space. Yeah, and his like eyes like turn on, yeah, and absolutely. I think that uh, I, I'm very let down by the uh, post credits overall. Um, I think that the most slam dunk thing we all expected was that we'd see Andy watching the movie or like some something about Woody or whatever. And like, I get why they wouldn't want to do it because it's so 
on the nose and expected, but I feel like this movie wasn't special enough to not have that stuff. Uh, and I think that having three of them, where two of them are whatever jokes, the the laser shield thing was funny, but like that feels more like an end of the whole thing. It is just yeah. a joke reference. Like they should have yeah, put the Zerg one in the the the, the mid credits yeah. just because I think it would have been more impactful. Yeah, but at the same theory. time, I feel like the way they had it, it's like, oh, I guess we're getting a Disney Plus show about this. Like it, it's the mm. most teeing up for a potential Disney Plus show that I've I've seen them do so far. Uh, and I don't know that I really want to see that. So what it's kind I, of yeah. a, kind of a bummer. When you said that, the first thing I thought was they should have cut. It should have been done. But right before the lights go up, we see a, a movie theater chair with Woody in it, and somebody runs back and goes, "Oh, there yeah. you are!" and grabs him and and, and totally. Takes it. That would have been, been so been cute. Awesome. That would have been so cute. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't get that. We got some some other comedy instead. And that is Lightyear. It is. So let's get into all of the fun things. We don't have any haikus today because we're recording this fresh off of watching it when it just came out. Uh, but we do have to rank Ragu Bagu. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Ragu. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys for the Pixar in review. This list is long, and I'm going to read the whole thing. Right now, we got number one, <laughs> Lotsa from Toy Story 3. Number two, The Prospector slash Al from Toy Story 2. Sorry, Lotsa was from Toy Story 3. New Swatter and Randall from Monsters, Inc. are three. Number four, Hopper. Number five, Ernesto de la Cruz. Number six, Evelyn and the Screen Slaver from Incredibles 2. Number seven, Ercole Visconti from, uh, from Luca. Number eight, Syndrome from The Incredibles. Number nine, Months and the Dogs. Number 10, Ego and Skinner from Ratatouille. Uh, 11 is Darla and the Barracuda and Marlon and everyone else from Finding Nemo. Uh, 13 is Woody and Sid from Toy Story 1. 14, Mom and Your Grandma from Turning Red. Uh, 15 is Gabby from Toy Story 4. 16 is Hardscrabble and the Roars from MU of Monsters University. 17 is Otto from Wally. Uh, 18 is Mordu and the Witch. Uh, 19, The Muddy Water and the Terrafactals. Uh, 20, is Chicken Hubris from Cars. Uh, 21 is Jackson Storm and Sterling. 22 is Axelrod and the Lemons from Cars 2. Uh, 23 is Joy in San Francisco uh, from Inside Out. That's got a little asterisk by it because it's not really an uh, uh, antagonist. Number 24 is that fear of getting lost in a department store from Finding Dory. Uh, number 25, The Fuzz and the Curse in Gelatinous Cube from Onward. And number 26 are is Manhole Covers from Soul. I love us. I love <laughs> us so much. So obviously it's Zerg. Right. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's pretty low. I don't yeah. know if it's as low as like chicken hubris. What was or, 14? Or 14 was uh, mom and your grandma from turning red. Where's, where's uh, Gabby? Gabby's right underneath that at 15. I would put her underneath somewhere around there. So hard scrabble and the roars from monsters university is under that. I think that this is better than that auto yeah. from Wally's next. I think that it's around there. So 15 or 16? That's what I would say thinking. 15 is where I'd want to see it. Let's do it. You'd put it above hard scrabble? Yes. I think I think the I think the concept of it is is very cool. I'm always a sucker for when you end up being your own worst enemy, which is mm. what this was. Mm. And I think it's kind of cool. And shout out to James Brolin for stepping in and filling those Tim the Toolman Taylor shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down for that. Let's do it. Cool. So Zerg slash old Buzz hard Lightyear Scrabble. is going in at 15. And that is and your list. I have no idea who Hard Scrabble is. And the I thought teacher. it was She's oh, the, the like teacher. dragon dean. Yeah. yeah. And cool. now it's time to rank Lightyear against the rest of the Pixar movies. Currently, number one, we have Coco. Number two, Up. Number three, Monsters Inc. Number four, Finding Nemo. Number five, Incredibles 2. 
six Incredibles, seven Wally, eight Toy Story 3, nine Inside Out, 10 Toy Story 2, 11 Toy Story 4, 12 Soul, 13 Toy Story, 14 Luca, 15 Rat Tat Tui, 16 Onward, 17 Turning Red, 18 Finding Dory, 19 Monsters University, 20 Cars, 21 A Bug's Life, 22 Cars 3, 23 Good Dinosaur, 24 Brave, 25 Cars 2. Kevin Coelho, you have your hand raised. I'd like to start, and I'd like to preface this by saying I actually enjoyed this movie. Uh, I thought it was fun. I have a lot, like, I'm a huge Buzz Lightyear fan, and uh, it's really cool to see him in in full action like this. But honestly, I think I put this at, like, 23. Wow. Kevin Coelho. Because I'm looking at Coming in hot. I know. I'm I'm looking at at a Bugs Life, and I'm like, there's no way. Like, Bugs Life was way better. Even Cars. It's it's crazy. I'm blown away by this. Blown away, guys. I'm exactly with you. Number 23. I think that Cars 3 is better than this, but I do think that for as good as this was it is better than good dinosaur and brave and cars 2 so i'm going number 23 i will say like with the light near i'm toy story is my shit like i am purely a toy story person like if it was up to me all the toy stories would be way higher on this list having said that i'm looking for a light year spinoff i want hype moments i want things that make me go let's fucking go this movie did not make me say let's fucking go once and i i'm pretty shocked by that because i think that is like the lowest expectation for an action-based Lightyear movie, um, so yeah, I would I would go number twenty-three. Andy Cortez uh, would put it under Monsters University at number twenty. Mm-hmm. Joey Noel, where are you at? Um, I man, I thought I was gonna have to like fight to get this lower, but apparently, I'm happy to say that I'm not. Um, I would probably put it at twenty-two. I can't, in good faith, put this above Cars or A Bug's Life. Uh, but I don't think it should be below Cars 3. Nick Scarpino, it all comes down to you. Where would you put Lightyear? Hmm. I knew you'd get to this question eventually. <laughs> 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 um, I, I, I did enjoy this movie, and but I, but I think it's, it's tough because like from pretty much 18 down, these are kind of, they're good movies, but they're relatively forgettable with the exception of, I think, Cars 2, which ended up being... Cars 2 is when we all hated, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think this is not as I – th- I would put it right below Cars probably. And I'd put it right below A Bug's Life, I think, right above Cars 3. Um, I, I think I, I think oh, the movie is a, a well-made movie. I think it's a, a, some cool concepts, but I think ultimately they just didn't all come together to make something uh, something great. Um, and I, I, you know, I think Cars had a lot of heart, and I think A Bug's Life did too. And I think that's what I look for when I go into – when I want to walk out of a Pixar movie. Uh, so I'd put it right at 22. Cars, cars 3 had a lot Right of above heart. Cars 3. Had a lot of heart. So that means me and Kev voted it at 23. Joey and Nick voted 22. And Andy at 20, which means it is number 22 in between A Bug's Life and Cars 3. You love to see it. Again, I think all of us enjoyed this movie. I would recommend yeah. people watch it. I don't think you need to rush to the theater to see it. But um, ironically, I feel like this like, is one of the dude, ones where yeah, Disney, maybe maybe yeah. they should have fucked Pixar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would have rather totally seen totally Turning joke. Red in totally theaters. Joke. Yeah. I yeah. think this is one of those that we saw in a non-Dolby theater. And I'm like, I actually wish we had seen this in Dolby. Because I think the, I think the images alone in this movie, the cinematography and the animation yep. alone is, is worth watching it in the theaters. And it's a good movie. All of these are yep. all of these, you know. 
there are some Pixar movies that I just don't care to ever watch again. If this is on TV or if this pops up, I will watch this again. It's just even for nothing else, just to see it on my OLED, just to see how that translates yeah. over because it's stunning. I mean, it's it's similar to how what we talked about Maverick. We're like, Maverick's a silly movie. It's a crazy movie, but it's a ride. Uh, this has a lot of good stuff that you, I think you need to watch in theaters. So I would say go see it in theaters. So there we go. Uh, like I was saying, we are doing our Thor rewatch. Episode one is live already. Next week, Thor two. Following week, Thor three. And then it's the big one, Thor four, Love and Thunder, which we got to see the trailer for before this. Got me extra hyped. I can't wait for it. Uh, but anyways, thank you for hanging out for Pixar Review. We'll return for the next Pixar movie that, off the top of my head, I don't even know what it is. I don't think we have one yet. Huh. Interesting. They've Interesting got a, times. They've got a we'll movie coming. Like, they've announced one movie, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyways, love you guys. Bye.